This Bee Podcast Network show is presented by IXL. Loved and trusted by more than 1 million teachers, IXL enhances your teaching and takes work off your plate so you can make an even bigger impact on your students. Yeah, IXL delivers personalized learning across a comprehensive pre-K-12 curriculum, including math, language arts, science, and social studies, and helps you assess student performance through actionable, real-time insights. Strengthen daily instruction, close knowledge gaps quickly, and set every student up for success. Want to bring IXL to your school? Learn more at IXL.com forward slash B. That's IXL.com forward slash B-E. We're proud to be sponsored by MyFlex Learning. MyFlex Learning is a scheduling platform that helps middle and high schools meet the individual needs of all students. Schools can easily create and manage time for FlexBlocks. Win time, activity periods, RTI, counselor and teacher appointments, and much more. And with its built-in accountability tool and reporting features, MyFlex Learning solves your challenges around getting kids where they need to be and understanding how flex time is spent. Yeah, make your flex time work for you. Visit MyFlexLearning.com slash BE to learn more and receive $500 off the first year. That's MyFlexLearning.com slash BE. Edutech Guys Radio, radio radio.edutechguys.com. The opinions expressed on the site and this program for those of participants are not intended to and do not necessarily reflect the opinions of any specific educational entity, sponsor, company, state, or government agency. Hello and welcome to EduTech Guys Radio. Good afternoon to you. I'm your host, David Henderson. Jeff has the uh, day off. He's feeling under the weather, so I'm going to take over and run things for the day. <laughs> Thanks for joining us and hope you enjoy the show. Got a couple of things we're going to talk about, but uh, first we want to say thanks to Crossbraining.com and GoPro for promotional consideration on Edutech Guys Radio. Crossbraining.com is creating a universal learning community by sharing the best and most effective teaching methods and lessons through video and other technology. Crossbraining.com features several free GoPro lessons, including Fetch, where students capture video of a pet and use the footage to create an adventurous short video from their pet's perspective. Very cool stuff. And thanks again to Crossbraining.com and GoPro for uh, sponsoring us. That is awesome, awesome stuff. Um, Today, we're going to talk about a a couple of things. Um, One, and this is now, uh, it's a a couple of, uh, uh, it's a few days old, uh, maybe a little longer than that, but one of the uh, huge reports uh, coming out uh, here lately is that there were 29,000 more uh, girls enrolled in uh, STEM education programs than uh, in previous years, uh, just in this last year alone. That is amazing. Um, All of the uh, outreach and the um, reaching out, and I know I just said the same thing, but but all that reaching out to um, the the girls in schools and, and showing them that uh, they can do coding, they can do science, math, engineering, all of that stuff has really paid off. And the enrollment in those types of classes just 
through the roof. That is phenomenal. So what that says for uh, us guys is, uh, yo, yo, we got to step up, man. We got to, we got to keep up. <laughs> so don't, don't get blown away, man. Let's, let's hang in there guys. Uh, but, uh, no, that is, that is so awesome that, uh, that has generated interest from so many more girls that really probably would not have even remotely thought about it uh, without the big push to get them involved in science and math and technology, coding, all that good stuff. Um, that's very, very cool. I think that is uh, pretty freaking awesome. Um, and I, I saw this. <laughs> yeah, this tells you how out of touch uh parents are with uh, their students. Um, I don't know. It, it's funny to me that you have uh, a report that's come out that says 90% of parents say that their student performs at grade level, but uh, really um, <laughs> only 33% do. So, I mean, that really goes to show how out of touch parents are with what's going on uh, with their students, right? Again, that's 90% of parents say that their students are performing on grade level, but really only one in three performs at grade level. That is, I don't know, that is truly uh, amazing. This report, it was put out, uh, it's a 2015 report, uh, put out by the National Assessment of Education Progress, and it covers all kinds of things. Um, for example, one of the things that it pulled out, uh, there were 1,400 parents of children in public schools surveyed. So that's, uh, that's, that's your sample size there, 1,400 parents. 60% of the respondents said it was more important that their child be happy and not overly stressed by school than to do well academically. Let me read that again. 60% of the people responding said it was more important that their child be happy and not overly stressed by school than to do well academically. No freaking way. You're kidding me with this. So it's much more important that your kid is happy, not that he you know, succeeds academically, not that he's getting any smarter, not that he's learning anything, but that he's happy. That, that's, what, that's what matters, that, that he's happy. That boggles my mind. I, I hope that if you're out there listening, um, if I'm going to throw this out there, if you happen to be on the side of the 60% of the respondents who say, yep, my child should be happy, screw what he knows, uh, leave a comment. Uh, you can leave a comment on uh, the various podcasts that we have, or you can jump over to edutechguys.com and fill out the form at the bottom and just just leave us a note and say, no, yeah, I, I think, you know, my kid should be happy. I don't care what he learns. He could be dumb as a brick as long as he's happy. I, what? What? No freaking way. I just, I cannot wrap my head around that. By the same token, if you fall under the same uh, line of thinking that, that I do, in that that is ridiculous and, and their academic achievements in school should far outweigh how happy they are, feel free to leave a comment about that too. I want to hear from you. I want to know what you think. Uh, I just, I can't fathom how that's a thing. 
I really, really can't. <laughs> I don't know. Maybe, obviously, it's it's just me. At least I'm not I'm not in the majority anyway. If this were if this were one of those either or, I don't know if you've ever heard of that or not. Uh, it's one of the things, one of the games I play on my YouTube channel. Um, it's Would You Rather, uh, and and if it was Would You Rather, your student be happy in school, or they excel or you know even not excel but just do well academically which would you rather 60 percent of the people are going to pick that they want to make sure the kid is happy happy i i don't, I don't even have words for that what is interesting though is that in this study hispanic parents were more likely to stress academics than happiness um, there were 44% of Hispanics saying uh, that being happy was more important. Um, is, that, is that what I'm saying? No, I take that back. Hispanic parents were uh, more likely to stress academics, but 44% said they were that academics were more important and 55% saying that happiness is more important. So it, it wasn't quite as skewed as the overall results, but still more more say they should be happy in school. Uh, look, I'm an old man, all right? In terms of, you know, the ways of the world today and the internet and what have you, I'm, I'm not quite 50. Um, but uh, <laughs> there were many, many days I was not happy in school, uh, but we did the work, we put our nose to the grindstone, and we got it done. And at the end of the day, was I a straight-A student? Oh, not even close. Uh, did I do well academically? Eh, you know. I had some A's, had some B's, had some C's. I would call myself a pretty average student. Um, uh, was school an overall happy experience for me? It was freaking school. I, I don't know. I, I don't, uh, you know, there were good days, bad days, happy days, not so happy days. I don't know. I just, that's so very interesting to me. That's wow. Another interesting stat that came out of this though, parents are more likely to place primary responsibility for the academic performance of their children on themselves or the students with only 12% saying that the school bears primary responsibility and parents tending to shift that responsibility from themselves to the children as they enter middle school. Right. So essentially what that is saying is that parents in this survey believe they and or their students are the ones responsible for their academic performance. So they're not pushing it out on the teacher. They're not pushing it out on the school saying, my kid sucks academically because of you. My kid sucks academically because uh, the, the what's happening in the classroom or what's going on here or what's going on there. No, they are bringing it right back to themselves saying, if my child is performing poorly academically, that's my fault. That is my student's fault. And that is huge. Uh, I think that's a major, major finding in the study um, because I think in today's world um, there are a, a lot of people who tend to want to uh, say that uh, the blame is all on teachers. You know, I, I'm sure uh, many of you have seen the graphic out there uh, of, uh, of what it was like um, 
you know, in the past and it's, it's parents and a teacher's conference and the, t and the student is failing and the parents are looking at the student saying, what did you do? And then today the, the, the general thought is that during a parent-teacher conference, the student is failing and the parents are looking at the teacher going, well, what did you do, right? having that shift of blame. Now, that could be a perception, who knows, but you know, perception is part reality, right? It had to come from somewhere. So according to this study, though, parents are the ones saying, if my child's not doing well, that's my fault or the student's fault, not the teacher's fault, not the school district's fault, not the bus driver's fault, not the mailman's fault. The fault lies at home. Very key, very important uh, very, very interesting uh, aspect of this particular study. That's, that's, wow, that is very, very cool. Um, now, so getting back to the uh, report headline about 90% of the parents saying that their student performs on grade level when actually only one in three does, here's an interesting thing that pops up. 66% of the parents surveyed said that they relied on report cards to tell them how their children were doing rather than annual standardized tests. So that's saying that, you know, there's this big push for standardized tests and, and kids are tested way too freaking much, in my opinion. It's ridiculous how much stupid testing is being done. I want I want every anyone who's listening to this stop and think about the job that you do right now whatever that is you're in education and let's say you're in education you're a teacher you're an administrator you're the I, I don't know you may be the, on the custodial staff you, you might be a bus driver whatever it is let's say you're listening to this and you're not directly in education you work for some company that deals with education technology you work for some other uh, organization uh, that is related to education or for for that matter, you're listening, and for whatever reason, you have uh, no connection to education at all, and you just like to hear us chitter-chatter about what's going on, first of all, thank you to everyone listening. We appreciate that so much. Um, but whatever you do, stop and think. How often are you tested in your job? And I don't just mean that you go through trials and tribulations. Wah, wah, we all do. What I mean is, how often are you tested? Sat down at a desk and put down either you know pen to paper or keyboard to screen, you're gonna take a test about your job and your performance and we're going to evaluate you. But we're not going to evaluate you based on you, we're actually gonna evaluate you based on everybody else who takes the test and really, um, we're going to hold the organization accountable, not necessarily for your results, although they do come part of that. Uh, really, we're going to hold your results as the, the pinpoint for dealing with future employees as they come along. So how you do on the test, that's all well and good, but really how you do on the test, uh, we're going to take that information and that's going to apply to the people that come after you. It's ridiculous. Right. I mean, stop and think about that. But that's exactly what we do with standardized tests. Uh, I don't know. Very, very um, interesting. Um, where I thought that stat was actually going to go was that they relied on report cards rather than uh, understanding the content of what their students are actually studying. Look, I understand we have to have some kind of a system to, to let people know where we sit with things in school. Call it report cards, 
call it whatever you want to call it. Uh, and, and I know there's a big there's a big push to move away from report cards and what have you and more power to you. But ultimately, you still have to know where the student stands in terms of uh, how they progress from level to level, whether that's grade level, whether it's just academically progressing through the content, whatever it is, you still have to have some way to measure that. All right. Um, but the issue is that what is reflected on the report card, and I don't care if they're A's, B's, C's, D's, F's, rarely is there a correlation directly to what's happening in the classroom. Uh, you know, heck, I could be failing your class because I just don't like you and I don't feel like taking the tests or I don't feel like doing well on the tests or it could be whatever reason. That has nothing to do with uh, what I know academically, what I understand academically. That has to do with how I feel that particular day. Anecdotally, I know of a group of students who decided they were mad at a teacher one day, and so therefore they went in and just randomly answered the questions on their standardized test. That teacher's held accountable for that, and yet that's no reflection academically on what they do in the classroom or academically where those students are in that classroom. So I don't know. It's just some things to think about, you know. Anyhow, there it is. <laughs> so... Oh, goodness. Woo. All right. I have done enough rambling and talking and chit-chatting. So uh, let's take a break. We're going to cruise along with a little Nick Flora. He's going to be our featured artist of the week. And nobody gets out clean here on EduTech Guys. Yeah. 
Yeah, music from Nick Flora here on EduTech Guys Radio. Nobody gets out clean. Nick Flora is one of our featured artists of the week. If you would like to be a featured artist of the week, we would love to have your music on the show. Just head over to edutechguys.com and fill out the form on the uh, front page there. Let us know who you are and uh, send us uh, links to where we can get your music. And we'll take a listen and uh, reach out to you and take care of all the legal stuff that uh, has to happen behind the scenes. But then we would love to have you on the air. And speaking of Edutech Guys, you can find us online on Twitter at Edutech guys facebook edutech guys edutechguys.com basically if you go to google and you type in edutech guys e-d-u-t-e-c-h-g-u-y-s that's us we are edutech guys and we would love to come to your school we would love to come to your school bring in the edutech guys we'll do the show live in your classroom we'll work with students and uh, help them learn about podcasting and interviewing skills tying everything in to uh, language arts and science and technology and math and all that all the curriculum and tying it into everything you're already doing in the classroom we can help your students share their story and get their voice out to the world. And if you're interested in having your story shared out to the world and telling your story to the world, we can also work with you in terms of teachers and administrators and anyone else in the district, excuse me, in the district, bring us to your school. Just reach out to us at edutechguys.com or you can reach out to us directly, Jeff at edutechguys.com or david at edutechguys.com and we would love to visit with you and talk about bringing edutech guys to your school and speaking of the things that edutech guys can do <laughs> we are also providing live conference coverage for various events and if you'd like us to come to your event you can reach out to us and just to let you know upcoming events we are going to be at the TCCA conference in October in Houston, Texas. Never been there before. We are so looking forward to what's going on there. Uh, we will be doing the show live from there while we are doing workshop presentations. That is one of our favorite things to do ever is not just put on a workshop but while we're putting on the workshop, we are live broadcasting it out to anyone and everyone who is listening. And it's awesome, awesome stuff. And speaking of other events, we're going to be at AESA. That is the Association for Education Service Agencies. That will be in San Antonio in December, which hopefully that'll be a good time to be in San Antonio is in December. I will tell you from personal experience, the last time I was at AESA in December, in San Antonio, it was freezing. They had a weird cold spell come through, and it was just crazy. But anyhow, <laughs> Tech guys will be there providing live coverage, talking with presenters and participants, uh, some of the key players in AESA and vendors and what have you. So you'll definitely want to check that out in December. And then 
the the one of the big ones, uh, one of the largest national conferences that EduTech guys participates in. We will be back at FETSI in Orlando. That's F-E-T-C, Future of Education Technology Conference in Orlando in January. And I cannot wait to get back to Orlando and visit with friends that we've met uh, at FETSI in the past. Uh, that's one of those conferences where we have a lot of folks that we've seen at various conferences around the country. Uh, everybody sort of kind of congregates and gathers at FETSI. Uh, I, I, would, I would argue that FETSI is one of the, the big three uh, that uh, take place, the big three education conferences that take place uh, each year. And so that is going to be in Orlando in January, and we will be there. And if you're going to be there, we would love for you to come by and and uh, sit down with us and share your story. That is awesome. Uh, one of the things that I do is uh, I'm currently employed as the technology coordinator for Southwest Arkansas Education Cooperative, and uh, that's where we do most of our podcasting from. Uh, we uh, set up shop in one of the labs and do some stuff there. So here's a little bit about Southwest Arkansas Education Cooperative. Hey, this is David Henderson, Technology Coordinator for Southwest Arkansas Education Cooperative. And I just wanted to take a couple of moments to talk about the Southwest Arkansas Education Cooperative and uh, let you know um, what it is we do, what we're about. Uh, the Southwest Arkansas Education Cooperative is made up of nine school districts in rural Southwest Arkansas. The counties we serve include Hempstead, Lafayette, Miller, and Nevada. Uh, we serve approximately 12,400 students and about 1,250 public school teachers and administrators. The co-op offices are located on the campus of the University of Arkansas Community College at Hope, often referred to as UACCH. Our current facility opened in August 2010 through a partnership uh, with the co-op, with UACCH, the City of Hope, and the U.S. Department of Agricultural Rural Development Program. Uh, we opened our doors to serve our schools and the community through partnerships that are far-reaching. Southwest Co-op was one of the was one of the first two co-ops initially established in 1981 by Act 360. At that time, uh, SWAC, Southwest Arkansas Educational Co-op, <clears throat> was a special ed co-op with no state funding. In 1985, Act 349 created the system we know today. SWAC, along with the other 14 cooperatives located around the state, are supported through state funds, local funds from districts, and other discretionary grant funds. SWAC has grown from a staff of four focusing only on special education to the current staff of more than 50 serving multiple needs of our member districts. The goal that our cooperative strives to meet is to be a leader in professional development programs, serving our schools, and sharing with others as we work toward improved student achievement. Uh, we have proven to work with all cooperatives in bringing in key training for the purpose of benefiting the common good of all. Examples of this over time include the implementation of the statewide technology-infused education training teams, the initial statewide Ruby Payne training of trainers, and statewide purchasing for programs such as video journal and ASCD materials. 
SWAC has worked over time to form partnerships with the Arkansas Department of Education and Higher Education for the purpose of benefiting our districts. Some of our services include preschool programs for three to five-year-olds, special ed supervisors, content specialists in math, literacy, technology. We do testing services, media services, career and technical assistance, gifted and talented services, bulk purchasing, professional development, and early childhood behavior assistance. We're actively involved with Henderson State University through a partnership, uh, Southern Arkansas University through uh, ERZ, the um, Education Renewal Zones, and we also have a partnership with the University of Arkansas Community College at Hope, and that's rather extensive. Our content specialists help support teachers implementing concurrent credit through a variety of initiatives and help with programs that are serving students directly, such as Kids College, uh, which is actually going on right now uh, over at the college, and also um, High School Academic Prep Academy, among other things. We also work with several coalitions that work collectively to improve education for our children in southwest Arkansas. Our goal is to provide the best possible services to our educational community. The staff maintains a progressive perspective to cooperatively foster quality leadership through professional growth and development, dissemination of current research, enhancing materials and strategies, and assistance in meeting the ever-changing needs of the diverse population that we serve. The ultimate mission is to enhance the delivery of an appropriate quality education for all, to meet or exceed state accreditation standards, and to help develop lifelong learners. With this in mind, we will work to refine and improve services based on the needs of our member districts. All right, there you go, Southwest Arkansas Education Cooperative. Uh, now, before I go, I have one thing that I do want to uh, bring up that uh, that happened this week, and that is um, that the state of Arkansas uh, has achieved, pardon me, <laughs> the state of Arkansas um, Department of Education has hit 100% school broadband uh, access and by that what I mean is um, a couple of years ago the uh, state of Arkansas put together an initiative to try to roll out a hundred k per student bandwidth to every district in the state in the process uh, or or during the process of rolling it out um, they actually upped it to shoot for 200K per student. Uh, if you're not familiar with why those numbers stick out or, or why those numbers in particular, uh, that was part of the CETA, S-E-T-D-A. Uh, those were the standards that were set. Uh, and that by, uh, if I remember correctly, um, I think it was um, uh, by t by like by like 20, 17 or 2018, it was supposed to be 100K per student. And then by 2020, it's, I think it's supposed to be a meg per student. I think that's right, something along those lines. Um, but uh, as it sits right now, uh, Arkansas has rolled out uh, 200K per student. Most of the districts are connected by fiber. Uh, and there are only seven states in the country that have 
rolled out bandwidth in such a manner. So Arkansas is one, and then you have, uh, I'm sorry, it's one of six total. There are five others, Hawaii, Kentucky, North Dakota, South Carolina, and Wyoming. So just a handful of states who have uh, been able to roll out broadband to the districts that their, I mean, that their Department of Educations serve within those states. So um, I don't know. I thought that was uh, it, it was very cool that they. Uh, it's taken a couple of years uh, and a whole lot of headache and, and heartache and and what have you to get that rolled out. Um, now uh, we are based in Arkansas, and as a matter of fact, um, that's not just school districts that the state rolled it out to, but also or not just public schools rather, um, but that also uh, includes. Things like the um, education service cooperatives, like where uh, I'm currently working, also includes charter schools. Uh, And so uh, that bandwidth covers a wide spectrum of uh, end users uh, when it's ultimately said and done. Um, Now, I'm going to step on some toes and say that the process was um, not always the most pleasant to uh, go through. uh, And as far as I'm concerned, there are definitely still some uh, growing pains. Um, part of this rollout, uh, we were told, was that there would be a, a 99.99 blah, blah, blah percent uptime. Uh, and it is very evident that has not been the case, especially um, for folks in northwest Arkansas where there is a particular provider. And you, you may stop and say, okay, well, okay, so those folks are affected by one provider. Okay, so what of it? Um, the, the issue is that a lot of the districts that are up in that area, and really a lot of the districts around the state, were forced to change providers under this new rollout. And, in the, and because of that, they actually ended up with a provider who is not necessarily providing the same level of service they were getting before the state pushed this out to the districts. And I think that is a a major concern. Uh, As far as I'm concerned, I believe that, and I I may have talked about this on here before, I can't remember, but uh, I, I believe that a group of districts should get together and head down to Little Rock, get with the legislative body, have a hearing about this, uh, figure out what's wrong with the system, what can be done to fix the system, um, and potentially, um, uh, how do I want to say this, Um, potentially put the responsibility of the system in a place that is different than where it is now. Um, I don't know. It's one of those things where, uh, frankly, when the organization who heads up uh, this, and I don't mean Department of Ed, I'm talking about the Department of Information Systems in the state, when things are going well, things go great. When things go south, uh, there is a huge lack of communication uh, during the event. And, and I can understand to a certain extent when things go haywire, you've got personnel concentrating on getting it fixed, not necessarily communicating. Well, you need to be able to communicate that out to your end users, to your customers, the people who are paying your checks. Just going to throw that out there. Um, and once again, when you have situations where, like I said, in Northwest Arkansas, where they are down way more often than they ever were before this rollout, that seriously needs to be uh, addressed. Um 
So I'm just going to throw that out there and stomp on some toes if I need to, whatever, you know, I'm just one guy, one microphone hanging out, talking to you. So <laughs> we'll see. We'll see where that goes. Uh, what's your opinion? Share with me. Let us know. Feel free to uh, share out hashtag ETG chat. Let us know what you think about this and or what you think about the study that was released that we talked about earlier. Uh, you can also head over to edutechguys.com and fill out the form if you'd rather just do it privately and not have it posted online. <laughs> so there you go. Thank you guys so much for listening. I appreciate it so much. And a big shout out to Jeff, who I hope uh, gets to feeling much better here soon. And again, thank you guys so much for listening. I'm David Henderson, and we will see you next time on EduTech Guys Radio. You've been listening to EduTech Guys Radio, radio.edutechguys.com. The opinions expressed on this site and this program to those of participants are not intended to and do not necessarily reflect the opinions of any specific educational entity, sponsor, company, state, or government agency. There are lots of solutions out there for giving students what they need when they need it. But do they actually do all those things? You need flexible time. When added into your master schedule, flex time enables students to get extra help or intervention, meet with teachers, make up work, get physical exercise, and try new enrichment offerings. If you're thinking of giving it a try, check out My Flex Learning, which unlocks the benefits of flex time without the common challenges. Its intuitive design and SIS integration makes implementation and training a breeze. Make your flex time work for you. Visit myflexlearning.com forward slash BE to learn more and receive $500 off your first year. That's myflexlearning.com forward slash BE. Do you want to save time on prep work? Increase achievement for all student populations? Reliably meet tier one standards? You, you can, can do, do it all. all but, but don't waste another minute. Head straight to IXL.com slash BE to learn how IXL's research-proven teaching and learning platform can help you achieve all these goals. That's IXL.com forward slash BE.